Hello and welcome back to the Accommodation Show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience, and increase your profitability. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Accommodation Show. I am very excited to be joined by Casper Schmidt who will be talking to us about all things travel and travel trends. I reached out to him not long ago because I saw some of the work that he was doing um, and some, and then we, we connected and then we shared some stories. Now, first of all, welcome to the show, Casper. Thank you very much, Bart. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, look, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, come and share some of your thoughts, some of your knowledge with us. I know that you've worked on really exciting projects and um, you're working on some really exciting projects for the future. So, Casper, thank you so much for joining us and for spending your time with us today. Um, I would love you to introduce yourself, introduce your company and tell us what you're doing uh, in the space. Sure. Um, my name is Casper Schmidt, and uh, I, um, I've been a, in, an industry nerd for the last sort of 25 years. Um, I started my career as an apprentice chef um, back in Denmark, and um, then actually came to um, to Australia uh, for hotel school um, back in the 90s uh, at Blue Mountains. Uh, finished that, and then I've been in you know hotels ever since. Um, I had a, a long uh, period of time uh, in my career with uh, Toka Far East or TFE uh, hotels uh, where I was lucky enough to launch their Dina brand in Europe um, and then came back and looked after uh, several different portfolios of hotels for them uh, over the last sort of uh, yeah almost 14 years um, which was a yeah you know a great journey uh, managed up to 23 24 hotels at a time in a portfolio up to 2,000 rooms um, you know, annual turnover of around 130 million. So yeah, pretty pretty big operations. Um, and then I turned 40 and thought, okay, I got to do something myself. Um, and uh, yeah, joined uh, joined a couple of investors in Sydney. Uh, worked with the Barrier Group, launched their hotels, um, and then went out on my own after that um, and launched my business um, out in Asia. Uh, where it's called QCC Collection, uh, where we work with uh, several investors, um, including a, a Chinese retreat brand called Naked Retreats. They do wear clothes, so don't worry, but it's a sustainable brand, um, and a number of other uh, investors and, and hotel owners. And so have been have, have been doing that, uh, or started the business in that space, and, and then essentially been doing that for the last sort of three, three and a bit years. Uh, work on numerous projects uh, with different investors, uh, regional uh, startups. Uh, we we work in the space of, of, of advisory um, and also investment. Um, so uh, quite exciting uh, space for us to be in. Um, and yeah, uh, just really, uh, you know, after these last two and a half years, it's 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 an exciting space for us. Um, and we we hope we hope this continues um, for for the next many years um, to come. Wow, you've done, you've done so much, and I think some of the things that really appealed to me when when we had first talked was um, the fact that you've got a lot of experience all over the world. Um, I think that's incredibly invaluable because you'll know as well as anyone else that 
you can learn so much from all these different territories, from these different marketplaces and how people operate. But I've got a question for you, um, which I haven't asked you before. What What is it? Is it the, the hospitality side of it that really drives you? Or is it more the, uh, the branding side, figuring out, um, you know, uh, what people are going to want? Or is it kind of the operational side of the business that you kind of you'd love to get in there and sort of uh, figure out these puzzles? Like what 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 draws in Casper? Well, look, I, I think each project is unique in its own way, as you know. Like so, it just it just depends on 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 you know the markets. We we have in the past said no to to some projects in countries where we just don't have the expertise. What what I do uh, within the business is that if we get a you know. A project in in Middle East, for example, we we have a guy that's that's attached to us in Dubai, and we then let him run run those projects, um, and then we, we we add our of you know expertise as the project grows. Um, in Asia, it's the same. I have a guy, um, a couple of guys in Hong Kong who work with me, and and so we, we roll those out together. Um, I think culturally, I mean, always I've always been a traveler. So I've always you know culture is amazing. New cultures, new places is is great. So I was lucky as a as a young young child and kid to to be dragged around with my grandparents and my parents and you know all all different places around the world which i think as a kid you don't really sort of appreciate and when you get older you're like okay this was pretty cool i've been there um so so no project i think is we look at it and and and, and if we can we can make it work we'll we'll, we'll, we'll you know get get into it um, the last couple of years china uh, uh, japan in particular uh, Europe, of course, uh, where I'm originally from, uh, and, and then also a couple of advisory roles in America has been our our areas of, of uh, you know um, uh, expertise or where we basically um, spend time. Um, and so, yeah, you travel a lot, you turn up, and then you learn something new every day. Uh, but um, I think in our industry, it's about also putting the head on to you know you got to you got to understand that there's things you don't know. And when you don't know, you got to ask for help, and you got to hire the, the best in that space. So, uh, legal help in particular, uh, HR help, you know, uh, you know, regulations and laws are different everywhere. So you got to cover yourself in those spaces. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. So, um, I think uh, I'll, I'll let everybody know what our, our intentions are for today. Um, you, because you have such a breadth of experience, and you're kind of all over the place, all over the world. I think that. It's really interesting to, to to kind of reflect a little bit on, on what's happened and where trends are going in terms of uh, where travels are going, what's going to be happening in the future. Um, uh, I'm going to let everybody know that we did have a conversation, I think it was over a week and a bit ago, and I took elements of that conversation. I'm using it in my everyday now and just going, oh, that's some really interesting, some really interesting thoughts and ideas. Um, you mentioned uh, Japan. So Japan had different kind of restrictions to everybody else. Europe is doing yeah. all sorts of different things. United States is booming and going crazy. Then in Australia, yeah. where regionally we've got all this travel happening, and I think that it's um, we've got there's a huge amount of optimism. There's a huge mm -hmm. amount of staff shortages which are going on. Um, yeah. And as a business owner, I I've found that personally that myself and a lot of businesses out there found it really hard to keep on reinventing themselves and figuring out what next right what are the new trends going to be so i think this topic is going to be really interesting to talk about and in, in terms of what's next should we start off a little bit like with what what has been happening for the past two years and then we can kind of go from there and well, sort of what your well, views are 
Yeah, so look, the last couple of years or so, we've been a, you know, a struggle for most in our industry. Um, what we found was uh, straight away when the pandemic started, um, we had to withdraw from a lot of the markets we were in. So um, we had offices in Shanghai, we had an office in Hong Kong, etc. So they were obviously shut down. Um, I came back here to Australia and started focusing on the family um, and I was traveling in and out. Uh, but um, spending the time here, I realized that there's, you know, obviously a, 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 an interesting market in Australia in itself. Um, the reason why I started up in Asia was because all my friends are here and why would I compete with them when I, when I had already started out there. So, so you know, um, it was more in the beginning when I started out there, if I had a project that I was approached by pro, well, someone with a project here in Australia, I would refer them to someone I knew here. And that's fine, you know, have a dinner when you catch up, if you win the project, no problem. But I think the last couple of years have shown a lot of resilience and it's shown that um, although we've been down and uh, knocked about, we, we really are an industry that wants to create and really want to get out of this with, with our best head on. Um, it's, it's been tough uh, for sure, but um, there's also been um, a lot of, um, you know, green shoots coming out um, of the ground over the last sort of two years, in particular in regional areas, uh, in particular because a lot of us um, had to go and see our own backyard. We always said we've seen it, but we had seen it, but we hadn't actually, but that's actually happened now. So uh, a lot of travel within the States when there were board closures. Um, I mean, and that's going to continue. Uh, I think a lot of the projects that were shelved uh, from a lot of investors' perspective five years ago, they've been taken down from the shelves now and people are looking at them. They're really going, ooh, okay, these things are actually stacking up now. It's actually interesting going regional to places where you normally wouldn't go or where you normally wouldn't develop. So I think that's uh, that's happening for sure. So, okay, so there's, there's two there's two areas which, um, which I want to talk about. So I definitely want to talk about that regional investment and what we... I guess we think is going to happen over the next little while and obviously when we're trying to develop new projects then we're trying to mitigate risk right and we're trying to figure out what our return on investment is going to be um, and where the new opportunities are going to lie as well but before we go there and, and you said something interesting is that well look i wasn't competing with everybody here in australia i was i was doing work in in, in asia um, and that was a really good market for us so um, obviously, you said that you as a business, you had some pullback um, in the Asian markets. Yeah. Where, where is it at now? And like, as an Australian, or if we're, let's say someone's listening from the US and they're going, well, you know what, we've kind of, we feel that there's more opportunity over there. Is it a, a wise decision? Is it a marketplace to move into? What are your thoughts on, on now and, and the future? Oh, look, I think, you know, America is booming. It travels almost back, and I say that with a pinch of salt, it's almost back to what it was prior to uh, prior to the, the, the crisis, or the, uh, the closures. Um, look, um, in America, I mean, you know, the businesses are just running really, really fast over there. They have, a, you know, as you know, a, a huge amount of hotel groups. We have them here too, but the amount of rooms that they're building over there is, is, is phenomenal. Um, so, so there's it, there's opportunities over there for sure. But for my business, again, it it you know it started as a referral business, and and I would say it's still that to this day. But you know, it, it's about um, if you've done work for someone, um, and we we've had this uh, scenario many times where we would do work for someone in Asia to begin with, and then they own an asset in Hawaii, and then they say they give us a call, the email that says, oh, Cas, we have a 
we have a refurbishment project. We would like for you to find an operator for us. Is that something you can help with? And because you have that relationship, then you move to the next project and it's in a different market. So definitely there are the areas that are, that are performing better than others. But Hong Kong, just to go back to that, Hong Kong is still very closed off to the world. Yes, they've changed the restriction now. You only have to do seven days of quarantine when you arrive, if you can get in. Um, but still, you know, there's no mass tourism, there's nothing there. So that's a, that's a hard hit market. Um, Japan still not open up. Hopefully soon everything will sort of go back to, to normal with the cases slowing down. Um, and then you have mainland China. And as we know, at this very moment, the cases are getting higher and higher every day. They're probably much higher than what they say, but that's another question. And not, <laughs> not, for, need to, not for this to show, point. right? <laughs> no, no, at the end of the day, um, that's a hard hit market. And, and so um, they, they actually recovered first, but now everything is shut down. So in Shanghai in particular. So um, yeah, uh, you, if you ask a hotel, uh, five CEOs from the biggest company, then they'll say the first market that actually came back to normal was China. And right now they'll say, ooh, we're a bit worried about China. Mm. Um, America is going up um, and so are we here in Australia. Uh, hopefully New Zealand comes, you know, comes good too very, very soon. Uh, but um, yeah, there's, there's definitely still room for improvement in the different areas. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that, really, that really is helpful. And I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I painted, uh, uh, you know, so many countries like as Asia, right? Put it all in one box as, as a lot of Australians do. But I'm very aware that there's there'll be different nuances in every single country. And, and we need to look at it like that, you know, be it in Hong Kong, be it in Singapore, uh, be it in Thailand or, or, or Japan, right? And I know that Japan had some pretty harsh restrictions um, as, as well put in. Uh, just uh, on, on the back of that, uh, just to finish out this topic, curious, do you think that, um, let's say if you are looking like a market like Shanghai where they are going through huge lockdowns right now, are people shifting their, their portfolios and they say, you know what, we can't survive anymore, we need to get rid of it. Do you think that there's opportunities in these marketplaces that um, we might be able to envisage and that we can see um, that, that are going to come up because, because there's been so much um, duress for, for quite a while because of the pandemic? Well, I think China is a different, you know, it's a different beast altogether because they were open, you know, internally, not externally, but internally they had the, you know, zero case, no tolerance scenario. Um, and now suddenly, you know, the cases are there. Um, I think, um, you know, most hotel companies, investors, etc., have been pretty sort of okay in China for the last couple of years, but now the heat is on because everything is shut down. Um, does that give us opportunities? I mean, we, we, we still advise hotel owners um, and investors over there, um, but they've shut down the hotels because nobody's going there. So, so that's really sort of the reverse of what happened here two years ago and what we've been dealing with for the last two years. Now we are opening up and, you know, we, we, we are ahead of that game where they're going the opposite direction. Um, I think, you know, um, China at some stage will have to make a decision on, on, on how they're going to do this, but they they, they obviously are in a, in a different category to anyone else on how they, they run their, their government scenario. So um, I think um, a lot of the a lot of the things in, in, in Asia and around the countries, be that Thailand or Laos or uh, Hong Kong, um, those countries now because they're opening up are going to see a resurgence in travel, even include Bali. 
uh, Bali is going to have, uh, you know, we're going to get back on the on the planes to to go and visit our favorite places over there because the restrictions are less than what they used to be, and um, we want to stay, and we missed it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, so that kind of gives gives us a bit of some ideas there. Now, um, if we were to go back to or come back to Australia a little bit, uh, one of the things that we talked about was this kind of um, boom in uh, local travel. Uh, regional travel, discovering the outback, um, uh, those unique experiences, the the real sort of Australia Australiana um, experiences um, that are really hard to get now because everybody kind of wants to get them. Now they were particularly prevalent through the height of the pandemic and the lockdowns, but now flights are opening back up. Um, I was reading articles that. Uh, for Easter, it's going to be the busiest travel season ever. Um, where are we going? Like, what are we doing for 2023 and 2024 uh, with our portfolios? What What do you think is going to happen in terms of that that travel sentiment, travel trends? Um, where Where should we Where should we be putting our money? Oh, look, I think at that stage in 23, 24, I think the, the world is going to be back to a sort of a, a bit more normality compared to what it is now. I think people at the moment are still hesitant to, you know, j jump on a flight. Um, I, myself and my family went to Fiji in January. My God, the paperwork to go there was <laughs> insane. The testing was insane. But we were like, OK, we just need to get away. So we, 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 we chanced that and went and it, it was great to be away. But um, I think countries that are has less less lesser restrictions are going to have you know uh, a, an ability to 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 get more Australians over there. Um, Hawaii as 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 one particular place is is really easy to to get to now from an Australian perspective, um, and um, Bali obviously as well. But I think still the next couple of years people are not just going to go back on an airplane just to fly. I think if they got to go somewhere, they'll actually stay within Australia. I think they'll travel regionally more so than going international. Um, when you hit 2024, I think it's also going to be the opposite, right? You're going to have a lot of, of, of inbound coming here and you're going to have a lot of the international tourists coming back at that stage. But it is that sort of two year period of time where this is probably going to be a uh, an advantage for domestic travel versus international in this space. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that really struck me um, from 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 our conversations, uh, conversations before and, and even this right now, is that we kind of um, have been expecting this sort of bounce back, you know, this bounce back mm -hmm. to international travel. And even though borders are open, that's only part of the equation. Right, because not only a borders open, but then you need to get all the airplanes going. You need the routes to work properly. You need the staff to not be isolating because of COVID. Yep. So staffing issues are massive, which are gonna, which is going to stop things moving back to how it was beforehand. Yeah. Then the travel restrictions and the ways to get in, like even the borders might be open, but there's still all these different things you have to do. Um, we're traveling over to New Zealand next week and. We think we've figured out what we need to do before we go, but there's a, you know, I'm serious in the back of our mind. I'm like, ah, oh, what, what happens if I get sick before I go? What happens if I do the PCR test and it doesn't come back correct? What if, you know, yeah. like just the, the arduousness of that international travel 
it's not going to change in two or three months, is it? I mean, it's not going to change 2022. No, no, it, it won't. And, and because the different governments have their own perspective on what's safe and not safe, that's that's just what we have to deal with. So if you want to go international, you got to, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. And the time to actually get uh, get through um, even to Singapore, I mean, that that's going to take you a long time, longer than what you expect. It's not just, you know, you you, you, you fly and then you get through. Um, when Hong Kong opens up proper, uh, I mean, you know, how do you plan if you're going to go on a holiday or whatever and, and you want to go and stay in Hong Kong for a couple of days, you have to isolate for seven days. It's not feasible, right? So, and then you have the, 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 the most extreme countries, really, that's gone completely reverse. I mean, I'm originally from Denmark. Denmark was in a complete lockdown. And then as of February, they said, no, nah, we don't believe in any of this. It's, you know, it's not a pandemic. We're not going to worry about it. And they, they took all the restrictions away. And now you can come and go as you like. I mean, you know, a month prior to that, we, we, we as Australians, I got dual citizenship. I couldn't get into Denmark. It was impossible. I was red listed. We were, you know, <laughs> or blacklisted. We were, you know, we were, in a, you know, we were came from a bad country or whatever, you know, in, in regards to COVID. So look, um, I, I think it's going to take a long time before the world's going to get back to what it's, it was. And are we ever going to get there? I don't know. Um, there seems to be a new variant uh, coming um, uh, all the time. It's just really a question of how we, as a as a as a whole, uh, I guess, world review uh, the different variants and, and and how bad it really is for everyone. And it's 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 so interesting because I, I it's it's this is such an interesting topic because you know we've we've talked about COVID for many many years now, but this is a different conversation right this isn't about you know are we gonna get locked down again what do we do and this this is about looking really far ahead we're trying i mean not really far a few years ahead and mm. just go okay so how do we prepare ourselves and what can we do and what can we expect and putting a little bit of a reality check onto onto what a border opening actually means onto what international travel actually means so you've got those different categories so you've got all the leisure travel then you have the business travel which like now even think about it, like okay well all the all the business travel is probably all going to be more uh, domestic rather than international because you at least you know the rules domestically um and yeah. and it's nigh on impossible to actually figure out what the rules are in international markets um there's definitely a business there to be a consultant by the way anyone out there that wants mm -hmm. a job that just straight away start up a consultancy figuring out what how it's like a travel agent right like i think that there'll be a big demand yeah. for that sort of product um so, so I guess effectively, what we're saying, Casper, is we're saying that we see domestic travel being pretty darn good in most countries, not only Australia, US, probably yeah. most countries in Europe as well, being quite strong. 2023, you'd be you'd you'd put your money on it, right? You'd be like, yep, yeah, cool. I'm happy that that's going to be strong. 2024. Yeah. Who knows, right? Depends on what happens. Yeah. But that me. I think. I think 2024 people are going to be more uh, adjusted to what changes are required in the different areas, and so they'll 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 take the chance on going back on airplanes, and and that coming that's coming this way too. So um, I I I do think that 2024 is the year where we are going to see occupancies back in the cities in Australia, which they used to be prior to the pandemic. Uh, and hopefully a, a big rate increase as well uh, with that, uh, you know, onflow of, of international travelers that, that will hopefully come back. 
Um, will the segments be different to what they were? Yeah, they will. Definitely. I, I don't think we are going to see the Chinese here as, as, as soon as we think. Uh, I think the Indians, are Indian, the Indian population, are, they love to travel. And I think that's going to be the next boom, uh, in particular for Australia. Um, and obviously you're seeing now because of what's open, uh, you know, you, you see the US, you, you see England, you, you know, the UK, you see European countries moving around as well, traveling um, because they're free to do so. Um, but yeah, I think um, we, we're going to get a, a big influx of, of international uh, travel in, in 2024. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get back to the now. So, so we're now sitting here, we're looking at kind of what's what's happened in the past, we've got that kind of context, we see the international travels, it is what it is, and then we're going, okay, so in terms of um, what next for businesses here, so there's a few things that kind of you mentioned in terms of your, you know, the consulting that you do and the ideas that, that, that you share with your clients and, and, and where to put money and where to invest and what, what you guys are doing as QCC as well. Um, we've got all the uh, regional sort of areas that obviously have boomed in terms of uh, real estate prices, right? So, so everything is yeah. two to three times the cost. We've got massive, uh, massive labor shortages um, all across Australia. Uh, unemployment is mm -hmm. at record lows, according to government figures. Um, yeah. What can we take from from where we're at, and what can what what kind of stuff are you talking about and, and thinking about within your business and within your clients? Well, look, I, I think if we look at it from a regional perspective, um, the clients we have uh, in, in different areas of, of the country, be that up in Queensland or down in even in Tasmania, um, it's really about trying to make your uh, projects as local as possible. So hiring locally is, is, is key anyway, but it's from the early stages. So it's not just, oh, okay, there's three months until we open a, a hotel, now we need to hire. That's not what it's about. And it used to be that, oh, well, we'll just bring some consultants in and then they'll sort it out and then we'll just, you start advertising and then you, you attract from everywhere. You really need to engage the locals and you really need to work around, um, you know, mental health and you need, really need to work around the fact that um, people are potentially not seeing hospitality in the best light because what they've been through for the last two and a half years. Um, a lot of people were made redundant. Uh, a lot of people spend many, many years with you know, big, small chains, whoever it is, uh, private operators or whatever. But because of the, the damage from the pandemic, people were let go. They might be in retail now, they might be in a different you know, uh, sector altogether. And, and it actually takes a little bit of convincing, or not a little bit, it takes a lot of convincing to get people back to hospitality. So um, we're not you know, the glorified industry that, that offers you know, the best working hours and the best pay, but we need to get, get around that. Um, and so I'm seeing a significant investment from uh, um, uh, owners and, and, and you know, operators uh, regionally where they have to spend more money. Uh, but then they also uh, are able to get the right talent in. Um, but there's no doubt there's a massive shortage. Um, talent is scarce, uh, and in particular because people, a lot of people have moved industries. Um, so uh, really it's about uh, the borders opening up, the students coming back, uh, the backpackers coming back, the internationals coming back to actually help us in those areas, um, and in particular regionally. Um, that's, that's very important. 
But um, if you uh, create projects regionally and you involve the locals and you, you, you actually get them to take a stake in your business by hiring them or somehow uh, JVing with them, then you win because everyone wants the same. Everyone wants to win. Nobody wants to have an empty hotel or an em empty lodge somewhere. It's, it's, it's all about working hand in hand. So I guess what you're saying is rather than, so we're looking at developing a project in, in a regional area um, and rather than just going in and sort of, like you said, getting some consultants or just, just setting up and, and get going, get all your permits and go, it's like actually taking a step back and just um, being more mindful of, of the community, being more mindful of what's actually going on, what their needs are, um, and how you can actually help um, that community. The, the JV part, is there, is there, have you seen any kind of community projects that would be sort of in that way? Have you got any more context with that, that JV idea? Yeah, I think in particular around, in particular around experiences and, you know, what's, if you have, you know, you're, you're down in Victoria and you have a, you know, an iconic, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, an iconic space or uh, an attraction uh, and you're opening something, um, then, you know, you need to JV with the locals that are running all those experiences. If you're not and you just think you can just tap into that as you used to because I'll just hire someone to do it, you're, you're, up for a, you're up for a rude awakening. You need to really work with, with the locals to get the best out of everything, um, in particular now, because if you don't win the locals over on your projects, you're not going to succeed. Um, the locals are also the ones that are going to support you throughout the tough times or be that midweek um, if you open a restaurant or you open something uh, where you, you need that uh, revenue stream. Um, so, you know, you need to tap into that. Um, and the more friends you can make, um, the better. Um, that's, that's, that's always been my philosophy. Um, you know, uh, you're not going to agree with everything that's happening around you and in the environment you go into, but um, you don't want to alienate yourself uh, by going in and thinking, oh, I'm the, you know, the big shot from the city who can do everything, because that's not what it's about. Quite the contrary. Yeah. And I've, I've really noticed that there's um, a lot of clients that I actually work with, which are very similar, and, and they're kind of thinking of you know, capturing so many different territories and areas, but uh, a lot of the time it actually it's changed and now it's like I actually need to double down on the territories that I'm in and really get more depth yeah. in terms of my business because then I can get more value across the board by working with everybody and then, you know, creating because you've got the staff, you've got the people and everybody knows you and they believe in you or they're mm -hmm. willing to help you. That's sort of uh, super important. Any any top tips for sort of uh, regional areas? I mean, you said Tasmania, but you also mentioned some other areas as to, as to in Australia, what to look for, because obviously Western Australia was, um, it had all its restrictions. Then you've got areas that have already been kind of uh, done in Queensland and you know, the, 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 that are hot well, and, uh, where do you think things are going in, in Australia? Well, I mean, I mean, if you're looking from an investment perspective, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of, of movement in front of Queensland. There's a lot of opportunities up there. Um, if you go all the way up to Cairns, well, then, yes, um, they were relying on a lot of international travel, but also a lot of, of Australians domestically is, is actually, you know, and have started going up there again. So I think, I think there's opportunities in that area, even further up north. Um, Victoria is, is, is a very big state and there's a lot of amazing places down there um, and a lot of untouched unspoiled opportunities i think and i've, I've always been a very uh you know uh keen uh supporter of that 
Um, and uh, Tasmania is just wonderful. I mean, it, it's just one of those places that's so magical. If you haven't been, you, should, you really need to go. You always want to go back then. Um, and yes, you know, Western Australia. Yes, it's been a, a country within a country. Let's call it what we, we can, but it's very restrictive. But my God, I mean, you know, there's, there's lots of things over there which are very interesting in this market regionally from a tourism perspective. Um, and I mean, they've traded relatively well throughout uh, being on their own still uh, because people started looking in their own backyard and, and had, had visited. So um, I do think there's a lot of, 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 of beautiful uh, uh, areas over there and also some very, very good opportunities from an investment perspective. Yeah, cool. Look, I, I'm, I'm conscious of our time and that we're coming towards the end of the episode. I do like to keep the episodes relatively concise give people some ideas, some thoughts, some things to think about. And I think the biggest, there's a few big takeaways for me from, from, from this. One is around what's going on internationally, especially within, on our doorstep, so to speak, in, in Australia, and, and that, that those markets might take a little bit longer to, to come back to where, where we expect them to be. Uh, and it's still that, that, that whole big question mark as to what's gonna happen. Uh, the other one is to just be conscious of the tr people traveling locally and that we're kind of, we're putting our money on people continuing to travel locally because we can't see, see it in any other way, right? Um, that that would happen. Was there anything else that we haven't covered or that you feel that you wanted to talk about as we wrap up? No, I, I think, look, um, what people are craving to get back to the cities, uh, you know, people are craving to, to go back into the cities for, for you know, for city breaks or, you know, staycations, etc. But what I think we are missing um, is really that, op you know, that option of something very different, not just a hotel, uh, not just a motel. So I think uh, the brands that are that are coming through that are doing sort of uh, co-living co-working they're in that sort of uh, you know membership space I think they're going to have a, an interesting a couple of years going ahead um, because I think if you can member become a member somewhere and then go somewhere else and stay in the same environment you will um, there's no no doubt that uh, people in offices in the city uh, generally that that those numbers are down. But um, I mean, I go to the city now three times a week, and the office I'm in is very busy, and that's just not my private. I have one in within a building, and there's a lot of people there, so people are slowly coming back, right? So you know, the the, the, the I think the opportunity is to create something that that we haven't had before, and so. Um, the offers that are going through the hotels or the options uh, for staying in the city needs to be, you know, well thought out. Um, it can't just be, you know, you pull off the same campaign you had in 2019 because it's not going to work. So you got to be creative around it. I also think on a, on a sort of a last note, sustainability, ESG, uh, you know, uh, terms, compliance, etc. throughout, not just the big companies, also the small operators. I think that's going to be key for everything we do going forward. Um, and that's going to be a massive focus for the traveler. They they want to be sustainable, and they they you know, um, they like fresh air, and and they like the green aspects of life. Look, Casper, thank you so much for spending some time with us and for sharing your knowledge and your thoughts. I'm a, I'm really excited to, that we form this connection, and also to see what you're going to be up to in the next, uh, you know, six, twelve, eighteen months. 
Um, uh, really curious to keep in touch with that kind of stuff. Um, if anyone in the audience would like to connect with you and to stay in touch, how would they find you? Uh, and we, we are on Instagram and we haven't been good at posting, but it's on the QCC collection and then um, on, on LinkedIn uh, under the same QCC collection group, uh, P2I Limited. So yeah, look, we'll, we'll get better at up uploading our projects and, and opportunities and uh, so on over the next couple of months. Um, and yeah, look, I'm happy to connect uh, with anyone. Look, uh, thank you so much once again. And for listeners out there, if you did enjoy this episode of The Accommodation Show, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button, give us a like, leave a comment, ask some questions. Um, we're really happy to engage. That's why we do this kind of work. Share it around, share it with a friend. Um, look, uh, everybody have a great day. Have a great day, Casper, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Thank man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at theaccommodationshow.com where you can find all the show notes, links to resources we have talked about, and transcripts from the show. I really do appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to support the show, then please subscribe, leave a comment, and share it with others.